This episode is sponsored by Cards Against Humanity. They asked us not to read an ad. Enjoy! It is the Chicagoverse podcast on the Dynasty Podcast Network, featuring interviews with Chicago's premier artists in industry and creatives and culture leaders. Hosted by Haima Black. Welcome to Chicago. All right, it is Dynasty Podcast. My name is Haima Black. This week, I'm on the phone with Chicago journalist, author, and now podcaster Ari Bendersky, talking to him about his extensive and impressive career covering food, culture, and more. The conversation starts with him delving into his brand-new culinary industry podcast, Overserved. You know, it's something we started, I mean, as you know, because um, I took your class about a, sometime last year, um, I've been talking about doing a podcast for some time, and it all came together uh, earlier this year. Maggie Hennessy, who is a good friend, but also she is a, a food and wine writer as well, and is the Time Out Chicago food and dining critic, or dining and drink critic, I should say. I don't know what her exact title is. I feel bad. <laughs> so um, I should know that. But she and I were out to dinner one night, and we just like threw the conversation of me talking about what I wanted to do, and she was saying that she wanted to do a podcast as well, and it just seemed like a natural fit that we would do it together because we met about two and a half years ago and immediately hit it off and have a really great relationship and have a lot of fun when we're together and, and discuss a lot of things about the industry independent of working together. So it just kind of, it seemed like a really good fit and then it materialized. Um, and then being able to work with Ernest Wilkins over at Mess Marketing. And I've known Ernest since he was a columnist at Red Eye a number of years ago. And uh, he told me about that they had built out a podcast studio there and we met and one thing led to another. And here we are about seven episodes in. So with podcasting, well, you know, let's, let's talk about this concept first, you know, overserved. I'll let you describe it, but I mean, my impression is, you know, it's you guys, you and Maggie really kind of doing a deep dive into the lives of figures who are prominent in the, you know, culinary world who have kind of an accomplished and creative portfolio and resume. Is that kind of a fair assessment of the series? It is, and but it's also the extension of not just the people who are cooking the food, but other people who are in the culinary world, so it could be a sommelier or beverage director, a farmer, a purveyor. Um, we're going to have Rod Marcus from Rare Tea Cellar on uh, in a couple weeks. Um, we have Adrian Lowe coming on soon, and she is the partner, and she runs Fat Rice, um, where Abe Conlon mm-hmm. is her partner, and he does all the cooking. And uh, I'm, I'm spacing. I know that we have some other people lined up, and I can't think off the top of my head. But yeah, we do. We take a deeper dive, and it's it's longer form conversations about more than just their food or their restaurant or the wine that they're producing or whatever it is. But it's really who they are, where they come from, what makes them tick, what gets them excited, what they're passionate about. You know, and and overserved. We joke about it, um, but that it can be, you know, people say you're overserved when you say like, oh, you know, there's that person at the end of the bar, they're overserved, they've had too much to drink. But really, it can be about anything. It could be, you know, overserved with food, overserved with love, compassion, etc. So, you know, that's really what we're trying to get at with these people. And from what I've heard, the nice thing is that when we started talking about doing it, a lot of people were saying that they felt that this is something that has been missing in the Chicago food journalism world, giving people a platform where they're able to talk about more than just what they're working on at the moment. That's one of the things that I think podcasts do really well. Um, you know, I don't know if you've heard the new Conan O'Brien podcast that he launched maybe no. within the last year or so, but you know, 
you know, it's, on the one hand, it's kind of what you'd expect. It's going and talking to a lot of celebrities. But the kind of remix of the concept is that, you know, if he has on, say, Seth Rogen on his late night show, well, he has, you know, six minutes, if that, to talk to Seth Rogen right, about exactly. the Instead of this, which is, you know, 40 minutes or so with whoever, Seth Rogen, Will Ferrell, whoever, and they can talk about real things, parenthood, depression, you know, stuff that they don't have time for in the four-minute soundbite interview. Right. And so, I mean, I, I just love that about podcasts in general is that you can go deeper. And, I mean, I heard that when I was listening to your episode that it's like, you're right, like, you're not just covering the kind of like surface level industry stuff, but there's real discussion that relates to these people's lives and how that connects to their, you know, how the personal connects to the professional side of things as well, it seems like. 100%. And it's really been fun talking to such a diverse group of people so far. And I mean, granted, diverse in in their backgrounds versus just they've all been chefs so far. Um, except for Michael Muser, who was with Curtis Duffy talking about their forthcoming restaurant ever um, that went live today. Um, so he was the first non-chef that was on the recording. But they all come from a certain perspective and point of view. You know, Eric Williams, who is the chef owner of Virtue in Hyde Park, who is now getting a ton of incredible accolades and, and very well-deserved. I mean, Eater named... Virtue, one of the 16 best new restaurants in the country, and then the New York Times profiled him as one of, it was either 12 or 16 of black chefs to watch in America, and uh, the Tribune just came out with another accolade today for him. So, you know, he got an opportunity to really talk about uh, where his inspiration for Virtue came from, and you know, more than what you've read about in the articles that came out when the restaurant was opening, he really got to go deeper in talking about going to a plantation when he was visiting Nashville, the Bellmead Plantation, and having this aha moment and talking about the difference between Southern and soul food and where slavery had such a huge impact on the food that people ate back in the day. So it was a really interesting and incredible heartfelt story to be, to have with him, a conversation to have with him rather. Yeah. And again, those are the kind of stories that I think podcasts are really well suited for. You know, people don't want to watch a YouTube video that is 50 minutes long, you know, but podcasts, right. that's road trip stuff. You know what I mean? Right. So, exactly. Um, you could, you have your commute, you're walking your dog in the morning, you're in, driving in the car, um, you know, and you have, you want to tune out of everything around you, but tune into something that you find interesting. So now that the series is going, you know, what are some of the, you know, goals or ambitions or, or just things that are excited about being able to do? Because you're, you know, and I want to talk about your journalism background in a minute as well, but you're no stranger to journalism. This is not by any means the first time you've had a platform to kind of tell stories. So what is exciting to do in podcasting that you maybe haven't been able to do or do in this way, you know, up until now? One of the things that people have always said to me or asked me um, throughout my journalism career, you know, what do you really want to do? If you could do the one thing, like if you could have any job, what would it be? And I've always talked about having my own show. Um, mm. And that was really more broadcast. And, you know, I've had friends over the years say, why aren't you on TV? Why aren't you doing this? And, and to be honest, like, I just didn't really know how to go about achieving that. And, and breaking into that world. Cause it's not like you can just like knock on someone's door and say, Hey, give me a show. No, um, <laughs> it's much harder, especially now in 2019 when there's just fewer and fewer media jobs. Right. You know, and yes, like, you know, back in the day I could have done a vlog and I could have started a YouTube channel and I just never did because other things, you know, came first. And 
um, I think with this, I, I truly love talking to people and I truly love having conversations and really getting to know who people are. And one of the things when you are writing an article and you do an interview with somebody, you, a lot of, obviously you're looking for the information that you need, but you're also looking for the good sound bite. Um, you're mm-hmm. looking for that one nugget that you can put in as a quote and then you fill in the story around it. And with having a, a an interview over a podcast or on a, on a show, you get to really just talk to the person. And these are really unedited, you know, other than, you know, as you know, when doing your recordings, you might have a moment where, you know, somebody says something or there's a our phone goes off or whatever. So you sure. can edit those out. But for the most part, these are unedited interviews and conversations where uh, we get to just really talk to people and get to know them. And one of the goals for us is to give people who are listening a deeper look and a broader look into these lives, into these people's lives, but also into what goes into this chef culture that so many people are freaking out about and have been fawning over for the last, you know, five, seven to 10 years with the rise of celebrity chefdom. And mm-hmm. people think they know who these people are, but we are getting to the stories behind the story. Like you only know what they put out there and what you see from their menu or their website or their restaurant. And we want to tell their whole story or as much as they want to talk about. So that's what we're looking to do. And, you know, eventually, you know, we've already had Kristen Kish, uh, who was the winner of Top Chef Season 10, and she is a chef uh, at Arlo Gray in Austin at the Line Hotel, and she was in town mm-hmm. visiting, and, and she reached out to us, or her people did. And we've always wanted to have people from outside of Chicago, even though this is a Chicago First podcast. Our goal is to have it be able to either go on the road or have people come to town that we can have in the studio and, and talk to them, too, to find out what's going on in other parts of the country. Yeah, no, and I think it's amazing. Now, you have, you know, like I said, you, you have this extensive career in journalism, but food has always played such a big part in a lot of what you are covering. I mean, you just did this Restaurant Row article for Crane Chicago Business. And that's just one of just many, many examples. So what is it about the food world, the culinary industry? What is it about that space that you, you know, keep coming back to and finding new inspiration in? Uh, because it's always changing. Um, yeah. I started my career as a music journalist. Um, I've always mm-hmm. been similar to what I did with Eater Chicago when I worked for a company back 20 years ago. I'm dating myself, but it was called JamTV.com, and it eventually became Rolling Stone, and I was the editor of the Daily Music News. So I've always been more about finding out like what's happening and giving people news of what's happening in whatever the subject matter is. Um, and then obviously there's service journalism through a lot of what I do too. You know, there are people who are critics, whether they're music or food, that go way deeper and have a much broader vernacular um, in terms of, like, music history or um, food ingredients and things like that. And, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not embarrassed to say that, like, I'm not that. And I've always been about the people and the personalities behind it and obviously about the food and the wine and the drink. But I think that the difference for me was when I started getting interested in writing about the broader culinary world, I found it to be 
I fit in with it better than I think I ever did in the music world. There is more of a camaraderie, and especially in the Chicago market, that people want to work with each other. And I also worked in restaurants. I mean, I, I was a server for a number of years um, back in the day, so I understand that world and that community, and I think that was something that I connected with people on. But again, the food is ever-changing, and people are always evolving, and new people come into it, and people who have been in it continue to evolve and hone their craft and succeed and sometimes soar. Chicago used to be very much a steak and potatoes town. And, sure. you know, thankfully, you know, starting with somebody like Charlie Trotter and then Paul Kahn and then Stephanie Isard and then so many other people fill in the gaps that realize that there's so much more to food and local food and seasonal food that they wanted to expose people to. And that for me and my job became really exciting because then dining became more exciting and then design in restaurants became more exciting and then pairing wine and drink became more adventurous. And so I think that there's always things that are evolving and changing. And then of course you still come back to the basics, you know, when you come back around. So but that that's, for me, something that I always really enjoy when I think about my career in food. Now that you have this going, you know, does this feel like, does audio feel like a piece that has been missing for you? I know you mentioned that you had been wanting to do a show, but is this something now where it's like, oh, my God, this is the sandbox I want to play in long term? Or are you thinking like, hey, I'm going to do podcasting and then this can be the stepping stone into X? Or um, I, I think a little bit of both. I mean, I, you know, we just started this a couple months ago, and I'm absolutely loving it. I love working with Maggie and being co-hosts together and deciding who we're going to have on and pulling the questions together and whatnot and doing the interviews together. And I do think that this can be a launching pad for me. You know, I've I've talked to somebody who I've known for a, a number of years and has a video company, and we're talking about doing a show um, where I would be the host and it would be involving food in that world. You know, but I would love to be able to incorporate travel into that. And, oh, yeah. you know, I just... Yeah, so I mean, I do think that this is just the first step of of my quote-unquote broadcast career. You know, I've been writing for 20-plus years, and this is something, and I've always done interviews, and I've always recorded them, and some have gotten published, and um, I've done some on-air things and some broadcasts and whatnot, and I did a corporate job earlier this year that was storytelling, and it took us to nine cities over 13 days, and it was a road trip, and I was the the journalist on the team, uh, video crew, uh, and one of the big takeaways for me from that trip was how much I really love doing that type of journalism and being able to sit and talk to people and make them comfortable and, and let their emotions come out and comfort them when they do get sad and emotional and, and laugh with them when they're laughing and whatnot and tell their stories. And, you know, I feel very comfortable wearing that hat. And I really hope that this is where my career now veers into that direction. Talking about this bigger picture, which, you know, has come up throughout this conversation, freelancing is hard, media is hard, journalism is hard. Yeah. These are not easy industries. They're not easy career choices to pursue, especially long term. How do you think you I'm a hustler, baby? Exactly. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. How have you stayed adaptive through your career? Because we we both have seen media organizations organizations shutter. We've seen people lose their job. We've seen talented people lose their jobs. We've at least me, you know, I've lost jobs. I was at C101, and that went away. So, 
Yeah. You've seen the media landscape and how cutthroat it can be. What do you attribute your longevity to? Because you're somebody who, you know, I remember when I was writing for you, you are Chicago, you know, yeah. years ago. So what do you think that's been for you? Um, I think that I keep a positive outlook. I mean, I'm obviously not always. There have definitely been times in my, my career where things were a little bleak and I wasn't sure how I was going to pay my bills, but, um, you know, I always was able to manage. And I think I keep a positive attitude. And I'm also, um, I hate to use this term because I think it's overused, but I'm able to pivot pretty easily. Yeah. Um, and I'm also, like, I also don't just do journalism. Like I said, I was doing a corporate job recently and I think it's, you know, taking it from journalism to storytelling is um, something that I've always done, you know, and I think that being able to adapt your skills into other areas is how you survive. And I know a number of people who do what I do and, you know, they write for a publication. They also then might do a project with a, a marketing or advertising agency or a brand where they work on, with the in-house team. So I think that if if you allow yourself and your skills to be transferable, you can continue to grow and remain successful, hopefully. I mean, I, I knock wood every time I say that and I feel super fortunate that I've been able to make a living out of being a freelancer. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's just, you know, having dexterity and, and being nimble and being adaptable and, and, and also just having a really good attitude. I think that the people who are kind of smug, people get turned off by that. No, oh, absolutely. Especially in a city like Chicago, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that all of that is great advice, you know, and I agree with everything you just said, because again, this is not an easy career choice, whether it is writing, audio, broadcast, media, whatever, there's no career security in that. So again, the fact that you've been doing this for this long is an accomplishment. It does speak to your ability to reinvent yourself and to put yourself into different spaces. Um, yeah, I so, appreciate that. You know, it's fun, but to your point though, it's, I've thought about getting a full-time job again. And to be honest, like there's not job security in that either. You know, I've, no, I've gotten laid off. Any better. You know, it's not. And it's a matter of you know, what kind of lifestyle do you want? You know, thankfully, I mean, granted, it's not cheap, but, you know, we I'm able to have to get insurance, but I pay out of pocket. And, you know, but I also have freedom and flexibility to work on different things and, and create my own schedule as opposed to going into an office every single day. And and you know that, like, you do a bunch of different things, too. So it's right. um, nothing is easy. And I look back and think, like, you know, I've always been kind of enamored with the real estate world and have said that, Many times over many years, I sh I'm going to go get my license. I'm going to start doing some stuff. And, you know, I could have done that when I was in my 20s and probably been very successful at it. But looking back over the last 20 plus years, I've had some really incredible experiences and I've gotten to see and do things that most people only dream of. You know, do I have a million dollars on the bank? No. But, you know, I have a million dollars worth of experience that a lot of people don't. And see, there's the poll quote. If this was <laughs> exactly, um, that's great. Uh, so, anything else coming up that we should plug? How can people find the podcast? Like, what else is in the works, and, and what should people check out right now? So, we are on pretty much everywhere where you will find a podcast. You know, whether it's Spotify, Stitcher, the Apple Podcast app. It's Overserved is the name of the podcast. If you just 
It's all one word, overserved, and search wherever you're looking for podcasts, and we will pop up, and you will see my face and Maggie's on a yellow background with food in it, and listen. Hopefully, people listen and enjoy, and please go into the podcast apps and rate us and review us. Um, like I say at the end of the podcast, you know, send us your tips and feedback, and if you have anything negative to say, we don't want to hear it. <laughs> um, right, exactly. Uh, but, yeah, so, yeah, tune in. Um, and as far as what's coming up, we just have more conversations with some really incredible people. We really plan on not only talking to the big names that everybody knows, but we also have plans to speak to people in the communities and the neighborhoods who are doing great things and have been creating beautiful food and experiences for people, um, whether that's in Pilsen or Bronzeville or Andersonville or wherever in the city, they have stories to be told and stories to tell and voices that need to be heard. And we want to talk to them. Yeah, no, I think that's great. And I think the show sounds uh, really good right now, uh, especially right out of the gate. And it's, you know, these are like hour long interviews. So this is something where, you know, if you're in traffic, if you're on a long commute, if you're, you know, making a involved dinner and you just want to be able to put something on that you don't have to change, you know, when it ends in, in 13 minutes or whatever, it's like, these are great episodes for that kind of listening session. Um, well, thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. Um, man, this is awesome. And, you know, Ari Bendersky, it's just, you know, this is, again, overdue to have you on the podcast, to have you on Dynamite Podcast. And, you know, I got to say, man, it's like I wrote for you way back in the, back in the old days of Chicago music at UR Chicago. You helped yeah. with the Chicago Athletic Hotel, where I was able to do panels for a number of years, and that was an incredible experience. Oh, right. Also, you know, I got to host a few of my podcast class. So thanks so much for for always kind of being just such an awesome supporter. And if there's ever anything I can do for you, please just name it. My pleasure. And uh, thank you for having me on. And um, yeah, just thank you. Thank you for your interest and for putting it out there. You've been listening to a production of Dynasty Podcasts. Find more Dynasty Podcasts at DynastyPodcast.com. For the dynamic dynasty, Dynasty Descend.